0: There is a distinction to be made between you know, things that we think might be guilt-inducing or shame-inducing even, and a conviction. So a conviction would simply be, this is who you say you want to be for love's sake and for truth's sake. Uh, allow me to say to you, to point out the gap between who you say you are and, and how you're actually living. And, and, and that would be called, what that would induce would be conviction. This is Four People with Bishop Rob Wright.
1: Welcome to Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. I'm your host, Melissa Rao, and this is a conversation inspired by Four Faith, a weekly devotion sent out every Friday. You can find a link to this week's Four Faith and a link to subscribe in the episode's description. How's it going, Bishop?
0: How you doing?
1: All right. This week's devotion is based off Matthew chapter 21, verses 23 through 32, which is a stretch of the gospel where Jesus's authority is questioned and a short parable about saying one thing and doing another is highlighted. (laughs) You titled your devotion, Ouch, and dropped the phrase zombie truth. (laughs) (laughs) And so I'd love to know what specifically prompted your insights.
0: Oh, well, you know... I think if we start with um, that God is love, the Bible tells us that God is love, and then we work down to that if God is love and and Jesus is the fleshly example of God living among us, then we should start with perhaps that uh, even when Jesus tells us harsh things or tells us hard truths that 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 love and truth uh, and freedom are what's driving this right what's driving the, the hard truths and so um so i always look at jesus's work as saving activity so whenever i read jesus telling us even hard things and telling people hard things that he encountered it's it's on the it's for the purpose of truth and for the pr- purpose of freedom, and uh, you know, and I think to live otherwise is to occupy some sort of zombie space, which is alive but not not really. You know, there was a there was a time uh, a few years back when you know all the movies were about zombies and all the movies were about vampires, and, and these 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 beings were sort of alive but not quite alive. And I, I see Jesus trying to save us.
1: Oh wow. <laughs> Cuz I feel like sometimes we're sort of alive but not really alive.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, isn't that something? I mean, it's it, it's sort of the human condition, right? We can we can be alive on partial truths. And we can we can be alive on um, on the stories that we tell ourselves. And then here comes Jesus like a bull in a china shop tr- trying to tell us truth. But as I said in a meditation, you know, there, there is a difference uh, between candor and condemnation. That's a distinction to be made. And, and there, is a, there is a distinction to be made between, you, know, things that we think might be, you know, guilt inducing or shame inducing even, and a conviction. So a conviction would simply be, this is who you say you want to be. So uh, you know, for love's sake and for health's sake and for truth's sake, uh, allow me to say to you, um, uh, point out the gap, maybe we'll call it, to point out the gap between who you say you are and and how you're actually living. and 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 that would be called what that would induce would be conviction, right? So, so I just want to so I, you know we we don't use that word nearly enough, I think, but I think that's an important word because I think what we've done, is, is, is those of us who would who would hold to the truth of, of Jesus and his love, and those of us who, who, who would say that we're under Jesus' authority is is that you know we've been bought off by the words guilt, shame, uh, guilt and shame, right? And so what we immediately want to do is categorize everything uh, that is hard in the categories of guilt and shame. And I think there's another place to park it and that other place to park it is, What's happening is is that I'm being convicted, Uh, not sentenced, but I'm being convicted uh, as living uh, opposed to the truths that I say are my truths. And so, how does Jesus reconcile us? Well, he's got to love us enough to tell the truth. Uh, And when he tells us the truth, again, the goal is not for you and I to be disrespected, diminished, shamed, or guilted. Uh, the, The goal is for you and I. Yeah, you know, in many ways, to make a choice. How do I actually want to live?
1: I I'm hearing you, and you're using shame and 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 guilted. And whenever I hear the word shame, I immediately go to Dr. Brené Brown. Yeah, and she talks a lot about vulnerability. And and you know, I'm listening to you thinking, and I'm picturing myself and other people in in the pews on church on a Sunday morning. Yeah, and I feel like there are a number of different types of people who listen. But I think sometimes, at least, I know this from being married to a pastor, a preacher, who will want to hear what they want to hear. And if they don't, like, they want to be convicted in what they know is right. And yet, I think there are other people like myself, and I'm not. High, I, I just, anyway, oh, <laughs> I'm patting myself on the back, I guess, and that's not a good thing. I want to be challenged. Like yeah. I want I want to I want to get the ouch because I feel like Jesus has a way of of highlighting the ouch. Jesus isn't causing the ouch, but yet Jesus names it and then is the bomb because Jesus offers grace.
0: Let me come at it this way. We had to kill Jesus. <laughs> because Jesus is an irritant. Right. And, and I, I think about that a lot, especially as we as we move on down to the season of Lent uh, and certainly, you know, into Monday, Thursday uh, and Good Friday. Um, uh, we had to get rid of Jesus. And, you know, in the Episcopal Church, at least, you know, uh, one of the most powerful Sundays is, is that when we read the story of what we call the passion, the story of Jesus's uh, betrayal and arrest, uh, you know, and uh, uh, eventually his lynching, and and as we read it, you know, as a as a normal, uh, you know, expression, we we read it in parts, and uh, I always love when we when we allow the entire congregation to say, you know, out of one side of their mouth, Hosanna, you know, the King is here, the Messiah is here, he's come to free us, and then a, a few paragraphs later, we say what,
1: crucify.
0: Exactly. We said crucify him. And uh and and I think that, you know, if we're going to be grown-ups, grown-up Christians, that is people who are actually want uh, to live under the authority and the wisdom of Jesus and his example and his teachings, we're going to have to to develop, you know, the capacity to hear from Jesus that we might not actually be living as coherently to his truths as we'd like to think, we'd like to think, you know, I like to say, you know, if, uh, if you're winning all the arguments with Jesus, you probably ain't, (laughs) you're probably not hanging out with Jesus, you know? And so what's the spiritual practice in there? We've got to let Jesus win some arguments in our life. And that's how you bring your life under the authority of Jesus. And so we can tell Jesus about how we want to do conflict and Jesus will sit there and listen to us, you know. And, and bless then, our hearts. Exactly. And Jesus will say, as a good southerner, he will say, bless your heart. Uh, and he will say to us, uh, by virtue of his word, uh, your strategy, dear child, is not the best strategy. Or your child, or, or you, dear child, your strategy won't yield what my strategy can yield. So when Jesus says, bless those who curse you, pray for those who despitefully use you, he's trying to give us his strategy. And so you and I have to make a choice. Uh, Well, first of all, the first bit is, is that we could say, ouch, Uh, we could say, wow, you know, I don't bless those who curse me. What I do is, is that I find somebody on my phone or somebody to text and I tell them how awful everybody else is and how wonderful I am, right? That's what we do uh and then uh and then uh, as i heard recently and i was visiting a congregation and then we add distance and subtract trust right uh, uh rather than jesus's strategy but you know here's here's a here's an a indicator that we're actually living with jesus uh, the actual jesus of the bible is is that not only is he producing in you <clears throat> You know, moments in your devotional life where you feel a, a nearness, an intimacy, of uh, being understood, of not being alone. But it also should produce in you uh, and reveal to you the gaps between how you're living and how Jesus would have us to live. And and we can respond with an ouch, but we shouldn't stop with the ouch. Uh, the ouch is just a uh, uh, is just the the front door of a deeper relationship with Jesus. Because we could say, ouch, and we could say, oh, I see, I see, I see. I, I am living counter to what I say on Sunday. My Monday life and my Sunday life are out of relationship. And then what we could say is, and some people might stop at ouch, and they may turn away and say, well, I don't like that preacher, right? I remember a, a dear friend of mine uh, had was preaching something, and he was going on, and and then at the end of the worship service, uh, a, a person came up to him uh, and said to him, hey, look, I don't, I don't like what you're saying here today. And I don't, I don't like, you know, just sort of just making it all personal. And what my friend had the presence of mind to say was, well, my dear brother, it seems that the problem you have is not with me. It's with Jesus. <laughs> and and, and if, if we could just uh, put our shoulders down a bit and breathe a little bit, um i I think that uh, we would see that the ouch is not made to to smash us around the, the the ouch the conviction the the conviction is always an invitation also by the way the invitation is come on, come 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 in, you know uh what 's that wonderful bit from Matthew uh you know come unto me, all who are weary and heavy laden, right, and I will give you rest, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. What does disciple mean? It means learner. It means learner. And so that is our position with Jesus. It, it is to be learner. Uh, some of us want to occupy uh, the space with Jesus of consultant. You know,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Jesus, I've got some ideas for you, you know, <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm not sure that that's the best uh configuration for our relationship with him
1: friends we're going to be right back after a short break
0: hi listeners thank you for listening to four people a space of digital evangelism you can keep up with us on instagram and facebook at bishop robright and now back to four people
1: Welcome back to Four People. Bishop, before the break, uh, you were kind of talking about ouch as the front door. or, And you also mentioned invitation, right? And so I guess I'm curious what the front, the, what, what does the doormat need to say? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's good. I mean, I think that the doormat is welcome. Yeah. Oh, I think the doormat actually could be two words, as I say in the meditation. Enter here for Christian maturity. Yeah. Christian maturity, maybe that's a lot more words than two. But but I think, you know, so what again, what is Jesus's goal? I mean, Jesus's words and stories serve a purpose, right? And what is the purpose? The purpose is, I love you. I love you. I want you to know that the burdens of life, if you give them to me, will be easier to handle right he says i will give you rest i'll give you rest for your souls in another place in matthew right in the 11th chapter so so that's what what it is or i mean jesus loves us enough to respect us and and says or you go your way right you you go give it a shot and you see what you find and and that's what i call zombie truth and zombie life right and so i mean the examples are 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 you know, innumerable about the ways in which I have and, and others have tried to go out on our own wisdom, right? Or our, our own wounds or our own triggering, right? And try to make a world out of that. And and we run immediately, uh, quickly into the limitations of that. And then we begin to engineer life around limitation. And Jesus is just saying, I mean, in another place in scripture, uh, Jesus said, I mean God says uh, to the prophet, why would you choose death? Hmm. Why why would you? Well I'm standing right here arms open for life. Why would you choose death? And so the stories that Jesus tells, right? are supposed to be an invitation always. You know, you know, this way for abundant life. This way for Christian maturity. This way for peace. This way for healing, right? Um, and he gives us the cho- the choice,
1: yeah, well, you just you it's like you're reading my mind, you're using the word choice, and I was thinking choices <laughs> yeah, and that was my next question is I think so many times we think black and white, and I, sometimes I think we have to think black and white like I want to live into the gray, and I know there's there's a spectrum, right And yet sometimes I think it comes down to, um, making a choice to either take the ouch one way, or take it another way. Like sometimes the choice is only ouch, and which way do you want to go? Do you want to go the ouch of the way of Jesus, or ouch of the way that we're going to totally mess it up?
0: Yeah, no, it, it's true. Uh, you know, a thousand years ago, I was in the Navy and I was in I was in uh, search and rescue dive school, and and there was a lot of ouches there. <laughs> And, uh, you know, there was a, it was running eight miles every day and, and, and swimming more than that. And, uh, and, and and all of the ouches of that, all of the inconvenience of that, all of the countercognitive work of that was to build radical interdependence on teammates, because in the training, we were practicing for real life. So when you're when you're forward deployed, you know, you're jumping out of a helicopter. You need to know that you can depend on this person right? Uh, That we've gone through ouches together. And the the relationship is such that we can now lean on one another. And I I think that's also the part of the ouches, is that Jesus is saying, hey, you know, I don't do this for ego's sake. I'm not trying to sort of toss you around. I'm saying to you, this is about a thickness of relationship. And in the thickness of relationship, there is trust. And so if we can't stomach the little ouches, I mean, if I couldn't stomach the, the, the push-ups and the sit-ups, you know, how was I going to do what was necessary when the chips were really down or when, you know, it, someone's life hung in the balance? And so I, I think that it's, it's just about, you know, you know we understand from, uh, from weightlifting that the muscle has to get torn down a little bit uh, every time in workout to become stronger. And and I think that's about, you know, the fitness of the muscle, the strength, increased strength of the muscle, maybe pliability, etc. Jesus is is not very different than that. He's saying, if you can't, you say you want to follow me, come on and follow me. All are welcome. But you know, you got to develop some capacity for the stories, and you got to develop some capacity to see the gaps between who you say you are, right, on Sunday and and how you're living on Monday. And so I think this is why Jesus's stories are so important. I think this is why people don't want to read the stories because they they know, they know that there's a, a newfound accountability uh, once those stories, you know, get in you and start working on you. Um, and uh, life could be easier or life could be, uh, let's say we could be, uh, you know, better citizens of a status quo if we didn't live the way Jesus invited us to live. But he's inviting us into something altogether different. Some people call it the upside down world of the gospel. I call it the right side up world you know, of the gospel.
1: So where does trust fall into all of this?
0: Yeah, see, wonderful question. So I think this is what we're supposed to be building up with in our life, in our life with Jesus. I mean, let's take it out of the, out of the spiritual for a second you know, in a husband and a wife uh, or a wife and a wife, a husband and a husband, any any marital relationship, right? What you need is, uh, you know, the constant evolution of trust, right? And trust comes from um, patterns of behavior that you deem reliable, right? And so this is, Jesus is no different. He's no different. He's saying, look, my stories." Are my reliable way to be with you, so that you can understand that you can trust my word. Apply this, and then you'll understand, right? And so I, I love that. You know, we, be, we become more trusting in the word as we apply it. We become more mature in it as we try it, as we go forward. When we try Jesus's way to do conflict. Uh, we begin to lean more on Jesus's way to do conflict going forward because we've learned some of the facets and features of the way in which he's teaching uh, conflict. We experience some of the freedoms, uh, even in conflict, uh, if we go Jesus's way because that's what we were meant to discover. So so the the ouch is just an invitation to discovery.
1: Well, dang. (laughs) Bishop, thank you, as always, for your insight and your wisdom. And listeners, we're grateful to you for listening to four people. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. Please subscribe, leave a review, and we'll be back with you next week.